Welcome to the Hello Retirement Podcast, your essential guide to navigate the journey towards a fulfilling retirement. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, and I'm thrilled to be here with you on this adventure. Are you ready to unlock the secrets to a stress-free and enjoyable retirement? Whether you're nearing retirement age, already retired, or just thinking about your golden years, this podcast is your go-to resource for expert advice, inspiring stories, and practical tips to make the most out of this exciting chapter of your life. And if you have seen this show before, you like what we're doing before we get started, make sure you hit that like button and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get these shows when they come out every Wednesday morning. With that, we're going to jump right into estate planning. Estate planning is something that I feel is I always get questions about this from clients. People um, always have different things that they say about estate planning, whether they call it a trust or they want to have a will or they want to have any of those things. And all those documents are going to be in what we call an estate plan. So let's dive into what an estate plan is. There's five major decisions that you have to make when it comes to your estate plan. So let's talk about these. The first decision is about your beneficiaries. And we'll jump into the beneficiaries because who are your beneficiaries? This is who will get your assets if you pass away. So sometimes generally it's going to be your children um, to see what, you know, basically it's usually your children and usually people are just giving stuff to their children in equal shares. However, there are some other opportunities. So sometimes your children may not be adults. And if you have younger children, I mean, the last thing you want to do is give them a a large sum of money before they're mature enough to handle it. So one of the things that we see in this when you have beneficiaries is we see some limitations on when the beneficiaries can get the money. One of those beneficiary limitations is we break it up into thirds. So instead of giving everything to someone at one time, we give it to them in thirds at different preset ages. A lot of times, one of the most common ones is is at 25, people will get a portion, one third of of their inheritance. Then at 30, they get another portion. And then at 35, they get the last portion of whatever they're going to inherit. This way, you know, people are actually more mature and able to handle some of the financial decisions that they'll have to make based on the amount of money that they're going to get. The other thing is that you can also put some different stipulations there. You can put, you know, when they get married, you can put we're giving this money for the for the purchase of their first home. You can get as creative as you want in this piece. And I think this is a good thing because we want to make sure that what we leave to our generation behind us is not squandered. So at those certain ages, it makes a lot of sense to do that. So that's one of the control things you can have when you're selecting your beneficiaries. Number two, the method of distribution. So when you are thinking about how you're going to distribute everything after you pass away, um, that is something that you want to make sure that you take your time with. So you have your different methods of distribution. We can give it at different stages. Um, if you have beneficiaries that have special needs, you can leave assets to them through a special trust. Uh, there's so many different methods of distribution, but we want to make sure that we're able to give this money to the people that we love in the most tax efficient way as possible. So think about that when you're thinking about your methods of distribution. Um, depending on the age and the financial capabilities of your beneficiary, You may wish to delay some of those things, but there's different methods to distribute the assets that you have inside of your estate plan. So the other thing is you have to pick a successor trustee, an executor or a financial power of attorney. Now, this person is the person who will make financial decisions for you in the event that you can't. Typically, a person that makes a good trustee is someone that is financially responsible. So you want to make sure that the person that you pick for this has 
you know, has a, has a pretty good understanding of, of what, uh, has a pretty good understanding of what you would want to have happen and has the ability to carry out those things. So you want to make sure that this is uh, someone that you trust. Now, if you're looking at your family and you're saying, I don't have anyone in my family or you're an only child or something like that, then you can say, okay, who can I have to help me with this? Well, you can actually do a professional trustee. Um, you can have companies that do that for you. Uh, and generally, you know, you have a few successor trustees as well. So you can name them in the order of your preference. So you can have more than one person in this plot, or you can have a company do it for you as well. This is something that you want to make sure that you take full consideration of because this is who is going to execute everything that you want done in your trust healthcare power of attorney. So when it comes to this, this person is the person that will make uh, healthcare decisions for you. At this time, I'll, I'll throw in a story. So I had my my uncle um, was single at the time and he was into in a, in, a, in a bad accident and he was in a coma. While he was in this coma, since he was not married, he could not. He, my grandmother was the one that made all the decisions for him as his healthcare power of attorney. Now, what happened there? She didn't because she was his next of kin and he wasn't married, she made all the decisions. Now, this took all the decision-making power away from him or anyone that, um, anyone else that he would want to make that decision. What happened was my, my grandmother um, was making all of those calls and it, not necessarily saying that she was doing something wrong. It just that he was not able to retain control of what happened. So he ended up being in a coma for uh, a, a little less than 90 days and at which time he ended up passing away. Now, I, we never heard exactly what he wanted to have happen in that situation. If he wanted to be um, on life support, if he wanted to, we, we didn't know because we had never ever had that conversation with them. And so what this does when you have this healthcare power of attorney, it, it actually gives you the ability to tell someone what you want to have happen at the end of the stages of your life, or if you're in a situation where you're incapacitated and you can't make decisions. For me and my family, we have something on mine, and I'll just share a little personal thing from my own um, uh, estate plan. With mine, I have a 40-day window. And the reason why I picked 40 is, is it has some religious reason there, but 40 is always a time of trial. So if I'm ever incapacitated for 40 days, um, we have to make a decision within those 40 days of what's going to happen. And if I'm not going to have any improvements in my condition after 40 days, I have said, that's enough for me. Please let me go on in. And um, that is something that we made a decision on for us. So you can be very specific in that. And I just wanted to share that little story because a lot of times people will say, okay, well, I don't have a whole bunch of stuff to leave to someone, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. But what you do have is you want to have your dignity in the way that you end your life. So that's why I think this is super important to make sure you have this no matter what your financial situation is. The next one is a guardian. So this is the person who will have legal custody of any minor children should you pass away. The guardian will work with the trustee to access the funds for any minor children. Now, this is something that um, I see a lot with younger uh, families. And I think that is very important that younger families even have this thought through. And when you have these questions and you're like, okay, so who's gonna take care of the kids if this happens? Or who's gonna take care of the kids if that happens? I think it's a conversation that you need to have. And once you have that conversation, it brings so much clarity to what's going to happen if you're not here. And that's what this is all about, being able to continue to impact your family positively, whether you're here or not. And you can do that with your estate plan.
So one question I get a lot after we've went through those five is what's the difference between a trust and a will? Or should I have a will or should I have a trust? And that's a question that I always get. So the similarities between a trust and a will is exercise and control. Both a will and a trust gives you control over who gets your assets at your death, how those entities get your assets and who's in charge of making financial decisions at your death. So the levels of control do vary with trust enabling a little more control than what you would get on a will. However, you still have control with the will. Now, amendments, both wills and revocable trusts are set in sand, meaning you have have the ability to change them um, provided you have the mental capacity and that's very important as people get older in age sometimes they lose the mental capacity to be able to make those changes but long as you have the capacity to make the changes you are able to do that differences one of the biggest differences is that they avoid probate okay a trust is going to avoid probate if funded properly a will does not avoid probate it merely tells the probate court where the assets are going to go so if you have to go to court now this is going to vary from state to state right but if you have to go to probate court then all your will is going to do is say okay well we're going through this court process now this is where we want you to do this um the other thing is public versus private in most states probate is costly time intensive and most documents are public record meaning that anything that you have had happen to you in court or wherever the monies or whatever is going to be separated all of the decisions that are made in court are public information for everyone to look at i tend to, to err on the side of privacy I, I like to be private and i think a lot of my clients like that privacy as well so if you want to keep things private keep your matters private, then a, a trust is going to do that for you. Not just a will alone, but a trust will do that for you. Also, the differences are you can a trust allows you to have control over what happens now. If you become incap uh, incapacitated um, and what happens at your death, like so basically it's going to help you. It's going to help you control things now and later. And I think that that is a huge comfort knowing that if you need to make changes to your trust while you're still alive and fully capacitated, you can make the changes that you need. And I think that's something that people sometimes forget the cost. One of the big knocks against trust is that they do cost more than a will. Okay. That's, uh, they're not a lot more expensive, but they do have more costs because they're a little more in depth. It's a little more detailed. And so that's why they have the cost to make sure that we get the details out. So why do I need a will if I already have a trust? When you have a trust based estate plan, you will also have a will. If you do not put your all of your assets into your trust, <laughs> then the will will govern at death. So what of times what happens is people will get a trust. One of the biggest assets, one of the assets that we always make sure that people put in their trust is their home. So if your home's title has not been changed to the name of your trust, then it's essentially outside of your trust and will be dealt with through your will. And that's not what you necessarily want. The beneficiaries, uh, the beneficiary of your will is your trust. So then when it goes into your trust, everything else is going to be taken care of. So you want to make sure that you have that um, that trust based uh, plan that's going to have a will inside of it. So if you have a trust, you probably have a will inside of your trust. If you have a will, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a trust. OK, just wanted to clear that up for you. Um, additionally, some states uh, will there, there's some difference. Differences may vary from state to state. So I do want to throw that out there. What if I name my beneficiaries? So if you name your beneficiaries on the life insurance policy, 
then the beneficiary designation has control. So meaning like if you have a life insurance policy, you name a beneficiary in your life insurance policy, they're going to get that money. It doesn't necessarily have to go through the trust on that place. That's just there. So that's how you designate beneficiaries outside of your trust. And the biggest question that I get is which one should I do? Should I do a, a will or should I do a trust and or well I won't say a will I'll say a will or an estate plan because an estate plan encompasses all the documents that are going to be inside of your trust you're gonna have stuff from your trust you're gonna have stuff from will you're gonna have power of attorneys you're gonna have a lot of different documents that are going to be inside of your full estate plan when you're thinking about which one is going to be right for you I think it's probably important it's very important that you speak to a professional Find out which one of these is going to make the most sense for your specific situation. If you have questions about should you have a will or should you have an estate plan, please reach out to us. You can go to our website at www.gennextwealth.com. You can sign up for a free consultation there and we can talk about what will fit your uh, specific situation. Thank you for listening to the Hello Retirement Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and connect. And until next time, take care and never be scared to say hello to retirement.